Hey, everybody. Absolutely stunning news over here this week. We have a video version of this week's episode available on our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash late night. Go over there, sign up at any tier, and you'll have access to it. Once again, that's patreon.com slash late night. Now, enjoy the show. Has either of you ever watched that show, The Masked Singer? Clips. Yeah, same. Yeah, clips. It's one of those things where you're like, is this brilliant or is it just stupid? I think by mainstream success, it's brilliant. I think that's a pretty good metric to go off of. Yeah. Yeah. People definitely love it, right? Yeah, yeah. It's because you get to play at home. It's like American Idol, you just get to say, that was good, that was bad, and you usually agree, but you don't know. It's like, just guess who. I think they should get like a really cutesy costume and then they should cast a person to be in the costume and then they get all the way through the season and they win and then they do the unmasking and it's like a convicted murderer. (laughs) 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 Or just like, I don't know, Casey Anthony goes on The Masked Singer. (laughs) I will say, I don't think anyone would see Casey Anthony coming. So I think you're onto something. Okay. Ratings. I have to tell you. What? I don't know who that is. Who is Casey Anthony? Is this an old guy thing? I don't think it's an old guy thing. No. It was a big cultural zeitgeist. Are you like a fan of your child, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> yes or no? Yes. Okay, I'm going to say yes. So let's put it this way. Casey Anthony wasn't. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I could take that from a variety of perspectives. And I think that's right where I want to leave it. Great. Yeah. Okay. I think that's all you need to know. She was not a big stan of her (laughs) child. Okay. Her child. Now, okay, based on that, let's see. I'm going to guess who Casey Anthony or what Casey Anthony is. Now, let me get through this. Before you tell me if I'm right or wrong, don't react to any of this. Let's see. Based on the thing Leighton said about the masked singer thing, I'm going to guess that Casey Anthony is not a singer normally. I'm going to guess that, I think you used... She is the pronoun, so is that right? I'm going to, well, don't say if I'm right. Correct, I think yes. that's what you, oh, well, okay. Oh, you can say no. if I'm right about that. That's <laughs> So I'm going to say that she is not a singer. I'm going to say that she is an influencer, uh, just like an Instagram or TikToker. I think anyone could be an influencer. Uh, yeah, that's true. So I'm going to guess that, yeah, she's like an Instagrammer or a TikToker. And okay, she's not a fan of my child specifically. I'm going to, say that's probably true for any children. Here's where I'm going. So there's a type of philosophy. Some philosophers are what are called antinatalists. And these people argue that human life is so full of suffering that the nicest thing you can do- Stop procreating. Yeah, to not have kids. So I'm going to give you one, like, like who wants to be a millionaire kind of hint real quick. Okay, great, please. It's a reference from rapper Childish Gambino's song, uh, mm. Made the Beat and Murdered It, Casey Anthony. <laughs> okay. Shit, I haven't thought about that song in a long time. <laughs> okay. Let's see. So Childish Gambino, Made the Beat and Murdered It, Casey Anthony. All right. Okay. So maybe she's not a philosopher slash influencer like I'm envisioning here, mm-hmm. an antinatalist influencer. Maybe she <laughs> murdered a kid? Perhaps. Maybe. All right. So that's going to be my guess. She is a convicted child murderer. Oh, Brian, if only, if only. Okay. 
All right. Yeah, her channel is actually flourishing on YouTube right now. Yeah, she's been getting into like a lot of celebrity boxing lately, just really duking it out with Logan Paul. She's a YouTuber. Yes. Tell me what kind of videos Casey Anthony, the influencer, makes. (laughs) So it's not unboxing, I guess. Or you just said boxing. So I'm assuming, you know what? No, that's what I'm going to say. It's because you said she's getting into boxing. boxing. in a way, Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to guess, because you said she's getting into boxing, previously I'm going to say she did unboxing, the logical opposite of boxing. Uh Uh-huh. So she was an unboxing video. In a way. And now she's into boxing. Yeah. I am shocked at the length of this Casey Anthony bit. Oh, well, we're just getting warmed up. (laughs) Are you doing a bit, Brian? Do you not know who Casey Anthony is? That's more shocking to me because I just pulled up the Wikipedia page and I think this all happened in like 2008. Mm -hmm. Found not guilty on three out of four charges in 2011. Wow, I actually didn't know that. I feel like it's the kind of thing you're going to tell me about it and I'll be like, oh yeah, that sounds familiar. But just the name in isolation, I can't place it. I'll just throw out some buzzwords and you tell me how it makes you feel. You know what? I'm going to do word association with you. Okay. Psych style. You say a word and then I'll react to it. First degree. Murder. Murder. Okay, good one. Aggravated child. Endangerment? Abuse. Close. Abuse. Okay, okay. Aggravated manslaughter of a... Minor? Child. Yeah, I'll give it to you. Okay. Providing false information to law... Enforcement? Got it. Okay, great. Just like Casey Anthony, three for four. Okay, solid. So, Brian, Casey Anthony was a young mother who became very famous because her daughter, Kaylee, who was a baby, went missing, and then she waited and didn't tell anybody. And then when her parents finally got the cops involved, she told them that her daughter had been kidnapped by a mysterious woman who she nicknamed Zanny the Nanny. Uh, okay. I mean, amazing. Fake name? World building. Yeah, I was going to say it's a good rock name or like a artist name, right? But it still does go back to the offense of providing false information to law enforcement. Yep. Yes. Yep, yep, yep. And so, you know, Zanny the Nanny takes Kaylee, and then this is the best thing that's ever happened to one Nancy Grace. Oh, Nancy Grace, that name I know. She loved Casey Anthony. Anyway, I don't mean to drag this out further, but uh, Casey Anthony totally fucking murdered her kid and she got away with it. And who is Nancy Grace in this story? Nancy Grace is, you know, the true crime blonde woman on TV. In this scenario, it's you, actually. You've solved (laughs) this mystery unlike any other. Uh Yeah. You know what? I believe, actually, I think a, a few months ago, we talked about Nancy Grace and I did the same thing where I'd heard the name but I wasn't quite sure who mm-hmm. she was. Okay, this makes sense. This is exactly the kind of thing I don't know about, which is like some high-profile drama sort of stuff. I think child murder is a step above drama in my book, <laughs> but to each their own, I suppose. That's fair. It's also a callback to our first episode, which was entitled so Child Murder. And other awkward situations. So here we are, 80... Off to a good start. Eight episodes in or something? Full circle. Yeah. Honor to be here. (laughs) As somebody who has watched literally every speck of trial and interrogation footage of Casey Anthony online, this is a treat. This is so wonderful. I'm so happy you didn't know who she was. Yeah. My favorite thing is Zanny the Nanny. Because I feel like there's this fictional universe where it's like, oh, this is my waiter, mater. You know, and this is my 
Driver Griver. The fake name that Casey Anthony came up with in full was Zenaida Gonzalez, which was like people who lived near her's names smashed together. Uh-huh. She lied about still working at Universal Studios. She said that one of her coworkers was someone named Juliette Lewis, which clearly mm-hmm, she was just mm-hmm. taking the actor's name for that one. Yeah. She led them through her quote unquote place of work, which was Universal Studios, and like took the cops through and she like said hi to people. And then they got to the end of a hallway and she was like, I'm lying. I don't work here. Wow. Can I guess, was this Universal Studios Florida? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. Does it make sense that it happened in Florida? Yep. Very Florida. That's kind of what I figured. Yeah. But yeah, anybody listening who has not done the Casey Anthony trial deep dive, if you want to be mad, you know, there's all the last podcast episodes on it, the JCS Psychology YouTube channel. They go through the whole th- oh, It's just. And Wikipedia. And Wikipedia. Absolutely. So is anyone pro Casey Anthony? And the reason I'm getting at it is I wonder if there's a fun edit war happening on the Wikipedia. <laughs> her defense attorney that she ended up uh, shacking up with. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say not all, but a majority of people are not pro Casey Anthony. But yeah. I think there is a contingent of people who think that she's hot. I don't think I've ever... Hold up. No, you know what? I'm not diving into that. <laughs> I was, you know what? My brain did exactly what your brain did in the exact same sequence. I was like, I'm going to Google it. Nope. Nope. I am definitely not. I mean, it's one of those things where people expect all child murderers or murderers to be quote unquote ugly. And then when yeah. they don't look like a creature, they're like, whoa. I mean, sometimes oh, they get played as Zach Efron <laughs> in reenactments years later. It's true. Child murderers, we don't all look the same. And I think that's important to to say out loud. Mm-hmm. You're so brave. That's what I'm known for. It's my calling card. You're doing a lot of work for the child murderer movement. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, you should go on child murderer Twitter. It's very exciting. It's a, it's a small community, but you know. <laughs> it's growing, has upward movement. Do you guys follow celebrity gossip? I feel like we've never talked about celebrity gossip on this show. I feel very adjacent to it. I think most of my celebrity... Gossip is outdated. Oh, yeah. Well, all of mine is from New Jersey in the early 90s. So, like, that's definitely outdated. Rachel will often be like, did you hear about this thing? And I'm like, I don't know any of these names. Yeah. Casey nor Anthony. Yeah, that's right. This is how I like to get into an episode. Yeah. <laughs> Child murder. <laughs> I'm just here for the ride. Yeah. I see someone else is along for the ride here. A certain lower half of... A certain character behind you, Jacob. Oh, here. <laughs> I don't have a backdrop, so I use this cardboard cutout of LeBron James. <laughs> <laughs> no, I understand. That was the best possible reveal. Because <laughs> I was referring to the Lola Bunny. What are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> Is that a Space Jam, LeBron James? Yeah, yeah, it is. Coming in at six foot nine. Dude is massive. It's real size. It's, yeah, it's like yeah. it's actual size. Wow. Here's me standing next to him, and his waistline is like up here in mine. Yeah. That's a perfect backdrop. Did you make it through the new Space Jam movie? I've watched it five times. Okay. I got through half of it and then had to stop. So you like it a lot. No. Okay. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> I was fascinated by it. 
You know, I'm kind of a a YouTuber who flirts with stuff from gaming to psychological torture to anime, you know, anything in that realm. So like movies is a little bit outside my wheelhouse, Mm -hmm. but I watched Space Jam 2 once and was like, I have so much to say about this. And I then went and watched it again to refresh my memory yeah. And then I was telling my friends about it, and then they said, we haven't seen it. So then I bought it on the HBO, and I watched it with friends, and then I watched it again for the fourth time with other people at a drunken party. And uh-huh. then the fifth time, I was like, I'm going to watch, and I'm going to take notes like it's my capstone. Mm-hmm. So I wrote an honest like seven pages of notes while watching the movie with like my insane APM and... So then I made a video talking about Space Jam 2. And I think a lot of my videos kind of stem from this would perform well, this would do well. But that was one of the few videos I've made in a while where I'm like, I have something on my chest and I got to get it off. (laughs) This is therapy. So since I didn't watch the whole thing, I feel unqualified to comment on it. I got to the point where it was Granny in the Matrix. Uh And I was like, okay. I have to stop watching this because I'm having such a visceral negative reaction to this. Does it get less awful? No, that's the fun thing. But I think the most shocking thing is that it's like Looney Tunes, right? Yes, which I love. By the way, huge Looney Tunes fan. Yeah, who doesn't? Bugs Bunny does not make an appearance until the 27-minute mark. Yeah, I noticed that too. Until they go to the the server or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, the serververse with Don Cheadle who is the antagonist of this film. Right. Who, who is great. I love Don Cheadle. What an interesting casting choice. Yeah. Who is bad guy? Like, what's his deal? What's Don Cheadle's deal? Wait, wait, wait. I, I have a question for you, Lynn. If you had to name an evil algorithm something, what would you name it? An evil algorithm? Also, put yourself in the mindset of someone who is just actively stupid. <laughs> So try to pretend you're... Well, that's not hard. You're really dumb. Or to be fair to the people who read this, maybe you're just writing this for dumb people to enjoy. I'm sure they thought they were really smart when they came up with this. Very likely. Uh, Let me put it this way. If you had to shorten the word algorithm to a real name, what would it be? Oh, no. Yeah, say it. They, they, they didn't name him Al, did they? Okay, okay. But then what's his middle initial? How do you spell algorithm? <laughs> <laughs> Algae rhythm uh, is what we're name. looking for. Algae rhythm. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> what? There's so many things that are wrong with this. Number one is they got all the letters except the O, which is just baffling. You know, why wouldn't you do algo rhythm or algae rhythm? Algorithm. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing is it's very close to algorithm. Let me give my favorite interpretation of this film. Okay. So, Layton, to fill you in. Please. LeBron James is a bad father. Okay. His son wants to make video games, but LeBron wants him to play basketball. And he is 12 years old in this movie and says, I want to go to the E3 video game young developer camp. And you know what's fucking crazy? I looked it up. You have to be 13 to sign up for that, and he's not even old enough. That could have completely shattered the main conflict of the plot. Plot hole. Well, LeBron is, and this is the one part of the movie I I did see, so I do remember this. He is upset, basically, that his kid, his son, is a nerd and not uh, an athlete. 
And LeBron just dismisses this kid. This kid is also very smart and he's very good at what he does. Yeah, made a whole video game at the age of 12. Wasn't it a basketball video game? Dom Ball is the yes. name of it. Oh, right. Thank you. My favorite part of this entire film is when you start to view it through a different lens. This is a seventh grade PSA over Stranger Danger and nobody's talking about it. Oh, yeah, that's totally true. Algae Rhythm kidnaps LeBron James' son and proceeds to groom him and gaslight him. 100%. Yep. Throughout the entire film. And it's just a seventh grade PSA over Stranger Danger. Gaslighting to what end? What does Al want? It's like the typical, like, you know, your dad doesn't understand you, but if you hang with me, I get you and I'm going to give you everything you want and I know what's best for you, right? And I have candy in my van. He says, like, oh, I wouldn't do that if I was your dad. And then he's, like, physically, like, massaging him at the end of the movie. Ooh. And then eventually, spoiler alert, Dom realizes this is weird and then quits his team and joins the Toon Squad. But, Wow. This is the part of the movie I didn't get to, which is telling because I almost got an hour into it. They decide to resolve this conflict through basketball, right? Yes. Don Cheadle challenged NBA superstar LeBron James and the only cartoon characters who have NBA experience to basketball, correct? Mm -hmm. Wow. Which is also a stunning omission because, as you may remember, there was an episode of Scooby-Doo where they met the Harlem Globetrotters. That doesn't count as NBA, does it? Well, those are cartoon characters that have basketball experience. I mean, I think it does. I went to a few Harlem Globetrotters games as a kid, and I loved that growing up. I thought that was the most fun thing. I feel like seeing the Harlem Globetrotters is like going to Vegas and seeing Blue Man Group, though. Yes, that's 100% what it is. <laughs> it's a really fun thing to go see. I mean, this, I was like 10. They're just basketball magicians. They're basketball magicians. <laughs> the stuff they do is incredible, and they're having a great time doing it. There was one time I was like seven years old. My dad took me to see Harlem Globetrotters and thought that was amazing. And then I was like a little league basketball type league. And I was becoming a goddamn issue that following Sunday <laughs> when we were playing games because I was like, I can do that. So like, you know, I'm dribbling down the court. Someone's like, say, pass it to me. And I'm not turning around. I pass it around my back and elbow it back to him. And no one's ready for that shit. <laughs> and like, I keep trying to like do these insane passes and half court shots. And at the time I was like, why isn't my team ready for these? They're yeah. not yes ending this. Come yes. on. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The worst improv group I've ever had was my <laughs> seven year old basketball team. Yeah, who weren't ready for your trick shots and passes, which I'm sure, by the way, were flawlessly executed. Of course. Yes. I will say, I think the pass was to this day. I just don't think anyone was ready. I think the pass was good. Yeah. I forgot also, I would be remiss if I didn't point out that the Globetrotters were also in Futurama a few times. So that's important to say too. Why? I don't know, but those are good. How have they been doing in the pandemic? Still doing shows? Are they even still playing? I don't know what the latest Globetrotters thing is. I really like the sequence of my uh, Google searches of Casey Anthony into Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> yeah. And you omitted the Space Jam there only because you know it so well. Yeah, I didn't have to search for anything on that one. Yeah. They're still going. Get tour tickets. I wonder who the oldest guy on the Globetrotters is now. They must have started in the 70s, right? There's no way original Globetrotters are there. 
I would be like way more into it if it was all the original ones and they're all just old. They're still just going. Yeah. <laughs> I think that would make the entire show way more impressive. Have awesome. you seen the previews for the new Jackass movie? There's a new Jackass movie. No. People love those films. They upset me too much. I can't watch them. Me too. I definitely think it's like a product of its time of just, you know, I want to go on YouTube and type in man gets hit. And I was like, <laughs> right before you were able of doing that. So the only way to see physical violence in the comfort of your house was jackass. Yeah. And now I think like you can go online and find someone getting beheaded if you really look hard enough. <laughs> God. Yeah. yeah. You don't even have to look that hard. <laughs> no, the internet is terrifying and magical all at the same time. But I feel like I've heard people whose opinions I respect say... I think it's Jackass 2, maybe Jackass 3, is like a legitimately great film, which <laughs> people should see. And I just, it makes me feel too bad for them. If I want to go to a movie to see people get hurt, I don't want to see them actually get hurt. Just emotionally. Yeah, that's right. Uh, which is what this podcast is about. Of course, these guys, all of them have like severe physical problems. Yeah, and now they're in their 50s. Yeah. Oof. They're real fucked up over it. And now when you watch those old movies or the show, it's just like, oh, God, like they really got hurt. There's like a sweet spot of people actually getting hurt, like in terms of comedy. 90% of it is just like, oh, man, that isn't funny. Like, can you imagine how bad that hurt? But like one of the few things that will just get me to cackle immediately is someone getting hit in the head at just the right amount, you know, not like getting whacked with a shovel video. Give us an example. Hold on. I've got a video of what I think is the quintessential funny hitting your head. All right. Well, while we look that up, everybody, this is Leighton Night with Brian Wecht. Over here, we have Leighton Gray. That's me. It's summer. I got my hat on backwards. And mystery guest, <laughs> would you like to introduce yourself? No. Great. Wow. Here's this video. First ever refusal. Cool. It's summer. I got my hat on backwards and it's time to fucking party. <laughs> That's good. Oh, yeah. if that's a garage door, which I think it is, uh, that's the perfect thing to get hit in the head with. It's like the seltzer kid. Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking of. Okay, actually, I figured it out. This is my issue with Jackass. It's not the quality of the hits. I think it's the quantity of hits. Because I think if I watched that one video, I'm set. But if I watched that same guy running into random shit around his house for an hour and a half... I would feel awful. Yeah, that's very true. And that's kind of what I mean is now you see these guys and they're older and their bodies can't take it as well. And you know that's partly because they did it so much that they really hurt themselves. By the way, I'm not trying to say it's not funny. Humor is subjective. Yeah, I do find some of these things funny, but it's prank culture, which I really hate. Prank because culture. It's a bunch of people looking at someone else and laughing at them for shit they can't really control. Now, some of the jackass things are like, hey, we're going to try to do this, and we're all like, you know, taking our actions into our own hands. That's fine. Some of these are like legitimately surprising to the person that's happening to. Yeah. I hate that. Are you familiar with like Nathan for you? Love Nathan yes. for you. Because like at the essence, there is like an aspect of prank culture in that where he is the wiser and the guest or the victim is not. And- I love stuff like that because it's big picture harmless. Yes. But you are definitely roping people along for just shenanigans they did not sign up for. Yeah. And I think the harmless thing is really the key 
is if you feel like someone's actually being hurt, then it really changes it. Nathan, for you, rides that perfect line. Absolutely. Of, yeah, people are not totally happy for a bunch of those episodes, but ultimately it seems okay. Yeah, and I've heard of the aftermath of some people still are not happy of how they were depicted in the show. Yes. Oh, does that include the guy who drinks his grandson's pee? That is the one, yeah. What happened there? Ross told me a story recently about how he had friends who were trying to film at that gas station, not knowing it was that gas station, but then the guy came out and yelled uh, at them. Yeah. Oh, man. That makes sense. Asking if they were from Nathan. Oh, oh okay. Wow. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> he did go on camera talking about drinking his grandson's piss, so. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, who would drink piss? What a weird thing to do. <laughs> Brian drank his own piss recently. <laughs> By accident. For context. Okay, so I was like on board. I get it. You do you. But it's the by accident part that gets me. Yeah, well, I don't want to go through this whole story again, but suffice it to say. Give me just one sentence description and I'll fill in the blanks. I peed in a bottle. Okay. Got it. And then forgot. <laughs> okay, I'm on board. Am I proud of it? No. But are you wiser because of it? Definitely not. I would say yes. No, but I have more (laughs) piss in my body because of it. Did you know what piss tasted like before that moment? I'm proud to say I did not. Exactly. And that's my point. Okay. You know what? I guess you're right. I am wiser. Silver lining. It's all about perspective. Now you might ask, have I stopped peeing in bottles? Have you stopped drinking the bottles you piss in is the better question. (laughs) I, I can admit with full honesty that I haven't drunk piss since then. I have no plans to drink it. If we had a sign that was like, it's been X days since Brian drank piss, what's the number on that sign? This was, I feel like a year ago. So it's, you know, 300-ish probably. 300 days sober from piss. I feel I'm a tangent machine. Y'all ever seen the Angry Birds movie? (laughs) (laughs) See, tangent machine is what this show needs, you know? Yeah. I was going to say the 300-something days is unfortunately dwarfed by my record of about 17,000 previous days where I had not drunk my own pissed. But (laughs) anyway, I've not seen the Angry Birds movie, no. So there's like a whole piss play scene in that movie. (laughs) In the Angry Birds movie? (laughs) Yeah. And this is from like 10 years ago, right-ish? I don't even know if it's that long ago. Okay, so we got Casey Anthony, Harlem Globetrotters, Angry Birds movie. (laughs) You're writing the description for us right now. That's it. (laughs) Angry Birds movie 2016. What? Wow, that is shockingly recent. Yeah. So what happens is like the birds get to the fountain and they're just like water or whatever. And you can just probably go on YouTube, type in Angry Birds piss play and find it. But... They're all just like drinking the water and like spitting it out and like creating fountains with them. And Uh then uh a bigger bird comes down and sits and it reveals that this fountain is just their bathroom. Oh, oh my. So it becomes a piss play scene in retrospect. But this is a children's movie. Yeah. Oh. Oh, no. Is it too hot? Is that you're watching the clip and it's too hot? That's the problem. I'm reading a Medium article that someone wrote about how they're really upset that they took their children to see the Angry Birds movie and that there was a whole piss play scene in it. <laughs> and that they're really angry that they brought children to see this. See, I'm going to do an old guy soapbox for a second. When you grew up in the era I grew up in, which is to say, you know, the 80s, 
There is so much shit in kids' movies from the 80s that you're like, why would they put this in a children's movie? It, it Stuff that's either upsetting or way too horny or like just totally unacceptable. This was a normal part of my childhood. And then you watch it at the time and you're like, huh, okay, what? And then when you grow up and you're like, oh, that was actually pretty fucked up that that was, yeah. that was in there. I've gone back and found a lot of things. I'm like, oh, that was a sex joke, wasn't it? But that's right. usually the extent of it. This is a whole ass piss place scene. I'm literally watching it on my other monitor right now. Is it as hot as I suspected? It's really hot, right? This scene is three minutes long. <laughs> that means they've done some research because the time sounds about right. Oh, oh no. And they like put a lot of work into making the water like very sparkly. They're spitting it into each other. They're gargling it. Should I watch this? Yeah, probably. Okay, hold on. Angry birds piss. <laughs> Angry Birds piss in the water. That's the one I want. Probably, yeah. Animators had to spend days, hours, weeks. Hundreds and thousands of dollars of resources. Piss. Water's not easy to animate either. No, it's not. And it looks pretty good. I mean, this looks real nice. If you're asking me, real nice. Wait, are we about to see bird dick? People aren't dumb. You know, like, there's no shot that a single animator in that room did not think, am I working on a piss place scene? <laughs> wow, and this big bird pissing goes on. At a giant mountain lake, right? That's the one I'm looking at? Uh-huh. There's a big round black bird and like a little yellow bird and a red bird. Yeah. Oh, man, they're enjoying this piss. <laughs> wow, they're really in it. Oh, they're doing little dances. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. And... I understand the reveal for the viewer is that it's actually piss, but I am shocked that it took the birds that long to figure it out. You'd think because they're spitting it back and forth into each other's mouth right now. <laughs> I'm like further ahead than Brian, and I need to time exactly how long the eagle is actually pissing for because I'm pretty sure this is like a minute and 30 seconds of straight pissing. <laughs> I'm not there yet. They're still playing in the what I assume is going to be piss water. Thanks for having me on your guys' show. I'm so appreciate glad to have it a you. lot. Oh, wait. They're looking around. They're looking up. Oh, no. Okay, there's a crack in a mountain. I mean... That crack is pretty suggestive, too. Oh, here comes the eagle. Uh, a bald eagle. Wow. Nature's most notorious pisser. Full 45 seconds. All right. Here we go. Eagle. I'm, like, tearing up a little bit. There's something <laughs> about this that gets me in a real personal spot. Look at the beak on that eagle. Here we go. Oh, my. Oh, no. Wow, that is, that is yellow. That is more yellow than I would have guessed. Mm-hmm. Wow, look at the horrified expression on these birds' faces. <laughs> wow, that stream is really moving it around, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Wait a second. What are the comments on that video like? Now I'm watching this with the sound off, but yep, they seem a little disgusted here. Clearly, these are not experienced pissers. You guys are never going to believe this, but the comments are turned off. <laughs> <laughs> that pee does go on for a while. Okay, at first I thought what you were saying here is that this whole lake was supposed to be made up of piss, but in fact, the eagle just pees in the lake. Definitely, by the way, this bird 
absolutely touched its own dick for about a solid minute here. <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess it brings me to my previous question of, don't you at least feel wiser now? <laughs> yeah. Although, if I were making this movie, what I would have done, my personal choice would be the eagle pees for like whatever, a solid minute, finishes up, goes back into the crack, cut back to the birds, immediately cut back to the eagle walking out of the crack, <laughs> five more minutes of solid pissing. <laughs> where the birds are reacting to it. That's how you do that joke, right? I feel like that is the director's cut. (laughs) That's right. The piss cut. (laughs) Wow. On a similar note, I hesitate to even mention this. I guess B-movie is apparently pretty horny in parts. Yeah. Brian, have you seen B-movie? I have never seen B-movie. What? Have you both seen B-movie? Of course you have, right? Perhaps. We're both of a certain age. <laughs> well, that's what I mean is like, so you are young enough that you would have probably seen it when you were either little enough to watch it as a child or as a bad movie you're going to watch in like high school or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty horny. Is it bad? Well, apparently Seinfeld apologized for this recently on some I didn't know that. talk show. I mean, like kind of jokingly apologized, but. Yeah. I just want to show you a picture of like the couple from the movie. Oh, my. So, yeah. So that is a bee who is, uh-huh. wants to have sex with that human woman, right? And she wants to have sex with him. Oh, it's me. Okay. Wow. The scandal is that she's married. Is her husband a bee? No, it's a man. Got it. It's Patrick Warburton. And who's the woman? Who plays the woman? Renee Zellweger. (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay, great. So the context of the film sets up the husband to be like the bad guy, the antagonist. But then I think when I got older and watched it again, I kind of realized this dude is just trying to live his life, trying to love his wife, and he's getting cucked by a fucking bee. Yeah. I mean, I guess the real question is, did she know she was attracted to bees the whole time? Or when she saw this particularly hot bee, something awoke within her? That's really the question. He is a sweet-talking bee. I think that has a lot to do with it. I think it's less about attraction and more about connection, you know? That's so true. That's a good point, yeah. It's one of the great rom-coms of all time. Isn't that what love should be? And then they just start doing airplane. Like, isn't that what that movie devolves into? I'll be honest. I don't remember anything outside of what I've already mentioned. You'll be honest? Wow. Silence. Yeah. When was the peak of B-movie memes? Ten years ago-ish? I would say like three years ago. Three, four years ago. Really? That recently? Wow. It came back in circulation hard. That's true. That makes sense. Yeah. I was definitely doing B-movie meme in when I was in high school, like 14, 15. Do you remember any of them? I remember hanging out with my friends and finding a B-movie fan fiction on fanfiction.net or archive of our own or what have you. Our hive of our own. <sighs> that involved... I don't know if you heard me late and I said our hive. <laughs> our hive of our own because it's, it's, it's for B-movie. Yeah, it was really good, Brian. It was yeah. very funny. Thank you. Um... Anyway, in this fan fiction, the lady puts Barry the Bee up in her snatch, but then oh my God. the strength of her uh, pussy muscles just destroy him, and he dies. A happy bee. Yes. And then Ashton Kutcher bursts out, and then she kills him. I wonder if this still exists anywhere. Wait, was Ashton Kutcher in the movie? 
No, my friends and I would pull out this fan fiction and read it to each other in opportune moments to piss each other off. So you're talking about a fan fiction, and I think it's brought me to my fifth demented tangent of the day. Great. Let's go. Are you familiar with the Lorax? Of course. Yeah, I was on Tumblr at peak Lorax. Yeah, okay, so you know where I'm going with this. I do not know where you're going with this. I do, I do. Let's go. Do you remember the Onceler? Yes, I do, of course. So let's say that you're on Tumblr and you want to create a ship dynamic with the once lore. Who would you ship him with? Is it in the book or is it in a separate book? Yeah, who would you ship once lore with within the universe of the Lorax? I mean, I would assume the Lorax itself. Well, think of like a more human character. I'm trying to remember who else is in the fucking Lorax book. <laughs> Um, let's see. Is it a tree stump? No, it's a human. Also, Brian, are you aware of the animated Lorax film? I'm aware of it, but I've never seen it. With Danny DeVito as the Lorax, right? Yeah. Wow. Everything else about that has overshadowed the fact that Danny DeVito was the Lorax. Oh, you could put him in a relation with a truffula tree. No, it's a human. Is it Dr. Seuss who appears? Nope. Not in the book. You are naming so many better pairings right now. Is there a child in the book? Nope. Okay, <laughs> nope. that's good. That's good. Who are the, oh, is it the narrator of the Lorax? Uh-uh. Who do you think are all the human characters in the Lorax? Is it the Onceler? Is the Onceler a human? Yep. Okay. Is there a Twiceler? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh. Pack it in, guys. That's the best. <laughs> that's all. Uh, <laughs> but to be fair, I have no idea why that was funny, what I just said, but. <laughs> just type in Onceler X on Google and let autofill do the rest. <laughs> All right. Happy to do it. Here we go. It's the Onceler himself. Onceler X Onceler. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that no one not once made the Twiceler joke, because <laughs> that's so good. By the way. The things that show up are Onceler X Onceler, Onceler X Dream, and Onceler X Reader. I really like Onceler X Reader. That's great. First of all, the Onceler is human. That's that's news to me. Yeah, how could no one have called that the Twiceler? That's insane. That's so obvious, right? You can lead the movement. You can be the change you want to see in the world. Oh, I see. When I Google image search this, the first thing that comes up is people also ask, what is Oncest? Yeah, so we've arrived at the one cest. Okay. Brian, imagine this moment on Tumblr around the time where, what's that terrible movie? Uh, the Guardians with the sexy Jack Frost that everybody was into? The Polar Express. <laughs> Are you talking about uh, Legend of the Guardians, the Owls of Gahul? <laughs> I wish I was. Okay, it's great. the one where Alec Baldwin is tatted Santa Claus. Oh, Boss Baby. Yeah, that's the one. Anyway, so the Lorax comes out. For some reason, everyone really wants to fuck the Onceler, who, again, Ed Helms. Suddenly, everyone on Tumblr is thirsty for Ed Helms, question mark? Ed Helms is playing the Onceler. Yes. And then there's, like, he has his song, which is a pretty good villain song. But people gift the shit out of that song and then, like, did the thing that they do where they slow it down so it's like, ooh, sexy. Oh, hold on. Just to say, in the book, you only see like the Onceler's like 
arm or something, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but the movie, they really give you something to write home about. Yeah. All right. To write some fan fiction about. A sexy villain song. Yeah, yeah. There's like an archetype of sexy Tumblr Batman that Wunsler became. That seems about right, right? Yeah, that's basically it. People latched onto this, and in absence of any other human character to ship the Wunsler with, it became shipping the Wunsler with himself. But it's not that interesting if you're only shipping regular Wunsler and the other regular Wunsler. No, that's not going to work at all. So instead, everyone invented permutations of the Wunsler so that they would have more Wunslers to ship the Wunsler with. And there were so many people who create ask blogs where they would cosplay or do art or write things. Are you watching Wunsler porn, Brian? No, but I'm going to search for Wunsler x Brian Wecht. Hmm. Do you want to wish that into the universe? I want to see if it exists. Because <laughs> you're hours away from it existing. Yeah, truly. No, I'm sure. It doesn't look like it's there. Leighton, are you aware of the newest Tumblr sexy men? Ooh. Of Willy Wonka? Oh, like Timothy Chalamet Willy Wonka? Yeah. Oh, come on. <laughs> Haven't we had enough? I did search for Wunsler X Ninja Sex Party and nothing is coming up, so that's good. That's really depressing. Anyway, all this was building up to me. There's a long <laughs> list of different Wunsler ask blogs, and here's just a fun little master list of what all the different uh, types of Wunsler there were. All right, I'm definitely going to click on this. What the fuck? <laughs> there is wow. so much here. I like how this list showcases which ones are inactive which means that there's a shocking <laughs> amount of active ones. What's a Greedler? What is a Greedler? <laughs> Tell me what a Greedler is. Hold on. My, I think my favorite one is Ask Smokler, parentheses, his factory caught fire. Chemicals and cigar smoke have mutated his insides. Needs to smoke more cigars or he will die. <laughs> I like that some of these are designated as AU. Yeah. Because I don't think one says is technically canon. I seem to recall some video of somebody asking Ed Helms about it and him being extremely uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Ask Dr. Horribleler. So it's oh, no. a Dr. Horrible. Oh, okay, wow. no. Oh, oh here, yeah, no. here's the, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at those two, the crossovers. Of course, there's a Fifty Shades. That's good. Expected even. Doctor Who, yes. Well, Nightmare Before Christmas, very obvious. There's a Donnie Darko one. That's very interesting. What? Uh, Portal. Okay, interesting. Star Wars, sure. Wally. Didn't expect that. Oh, I see the nationalities section, and I'm sure all of those are extremely sensitive. Oh, no. And tasteful. <laughs> oh, there's a Sweeney Todd crossover. Now that is interesting. Ask fashion designer once. It's called The Worst Pies in Greenville. I like how they didn't get creative with the Fifty Shades one, and it's just titled Fifty Shades of Wunsler. Yeah. I mean, that basically describes the list that we're looking at right now. It is Fifty Shades of Wunsler. There are many more shades of Wunsler than 50. Oh, there's one that talks in Leet, the Leetler. <laughs> <laughs> the Don Wunsler Mafia Wunsler. Holy shit. I'll make you an offer you can't refuse. Well, I was going to say, is there a Sopranos crossover? That would be fun. <laughs> this is going to be reductive. But are the people making this generally high schoolers? Or you guys probably know more about the Tumblr demographics than I do. This is people with a lot of time on their hands, which generally slants towards teenagers. Yeah. Th this is teens maybe early 20s people making this, right? I say that without judgment. I'm just more curious. Yeah. Wow. 
How long is this? Jesus Christ, Layden. It keeps going, right? Why is there a section here called Audrey? Is there a character named Audrey? Taylor Swift is in the movie, and I think that might be her character's name. Okay. So yeah, that's the one slur. That's one zest for you. Wow. What a fun demented tour through the internet we had today. I know, right? Does that mean that we should do segments? I think we should move on to segments, yeah. Great. Okay, Jacob, or should I say uh, person who refuses to identify themselves. Uh-huh. The first segment on the show is our pop culture recommendation segment. Now, this is a segment where we get to recommend something we've been enjoying. It could be a movie or a book or a video game or an album or a song or just a moment, maybe just a vibe. We do this every week on the show. And the recommendations are, of course, always interesting. But the thing that is most interesting about this is the theme song for this segment. Now, we haven't talked about it, but you are a musician. I am a musician. Leighton is a musician. And this is a little piece of music that I wrote all by myself for the show, although it does, I believe, feature Leighton's voice at times. And what I want to do is I'm going to play it for you, and I want your honest reaction about how great you think it is. Now, it's really, really great. It's not Onesler X, Onesler great, and I'm going to be upfront with that. How could it? Yeah, because how could it? When you see the ceiling, everything's got to be below the ceiling, right? And we hit the ceiling today. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play this theme song for you. I do want your just immediate top of mind reaction to how wonderful you think it is, and then we're going to move on to actually getting the the recommendations. Whenever we do this, sometimes very, very occasionally the intro for this segment runs a tiny bit on the long side. So I do want to throw briefly to Layton to make sure she has nothing to add here, which whenever I'm going long, I like to check in with Layton and make sure that I'm not hyping it up too much. So Layton, do you have anything you'd like to... That's really considerate of you, Brian. Well, that's what I do. And I think that you're doing a great job introducing your segment. And I think that you shouldn't keep going and you should take as long as you want to. Yeah, I also don't have anything to do either. Thanks for asking. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> great. Well, okay. Let me just uh, dive right into it. So uh, this segment is called What's Poppin'? And the theme song that you're going to love goes here. What's poppin'? What's poppin'? All right. What did you think? I'm literally freaking out right now. I thought it was really good. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Layton, chalk it up. That's one for me. Jacob, see, some guests we have on aren't cool and don't play along. You mean correct? Thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm going to send what you just said, Brian, to every other previous guest on this show who, you know, doesn't choose to play along in your sadistic games. There's nothing sadistic. What is what, what? she talking about? I don't know. Uh, I wish I knew. She always like this? Yes. She is often like this. I don't want to say always, but she is often like this. Layton, people know when they're not cool. And our previous guests who aren't cool know they're not cool. And I think if you sent them to this and said, hey, you're not cool, honestly, most of them would be like, yes, you have correctly identified one of my defining attributes. Yeah. You could say the same of me. I'm not cool. I own this. Mm -hmm. I think the what's popping bit is fucking stupid. But that's me. It's no bit. It is an introduction to a segment. By the way, there is a relevant song by one of the greatest bands of all time, Devo, who have a song called Through Being Cool, which is all about how they're done being cool. And I, I agree, being cool isn't cool. Much as how jokes aren't funny, 
being cool isn't cool. Not when you say them. Yeah, thank you. Well, it looks like you and my daughter agree on something. <laughs> uh, Brian, what's popping? Okay, great. What's popping for me this week is, so I know this is going to come as a shock to you, Layton, but sometimes I will find a smooth jazz artist and put on artist radio on Spotify because you find a lot of fun new algorithmically recommended tracks that way. And uh, I found a fun new artist via this process. I think it was like Michael McDonald radio or something. I'm going to recommend the album Flying Start by the Blackbirds, B-Y-R-D-S, which is a synthy, jazzy, kind of smooth jazz album from 1974. And it has some of the mogiest mogs that ever mogged on it. I really, really love it. So there was um, a very influential musician named Donald Byrd, who was a jazz musician who then went into more like poppy kind of fusion-y stuff. Actually, one of the very early fusion guys who taught at Howard University and was very good at mentoring young musicians. And he got a bunch of his students there, maybe who were ex-students at this point, recent graduates, and they formed this band and it fucking rules. So they have a bunch of albums. I think they probably put out four or five albums originally and then took a break and then came back. But listen to Flying Start because the synths on it are just classic 1974 synths. And it was one of those things that came on and I was like, what the fuck is this? This rules. So I highly recommend Flying Start by the Blackbirds. It's on Spotify. So go check it out. Sick. Yeah. Jacob, what's popping for you? As far as music goes, one of my favorite bands, Wallows, recently put out a new single called I Don't Want to Talk. Kind of slaps. One of the things I always say with bands is never fall in love with their first album. Yes. Because it's going to change drastically. But I really like the direction they're going, so it's sitting well with me. And other media, I mean, I watched Squid Game recently, as everyone else did. Did you watch it, Layton? No, it's yet another one of those things that I'm sure is great and will enjoy three years from now. Yeah, I had to have a friend watch it with me to convince me to do it, but I did watch it. It's good. I liked it a lot. It is very unusual for me to jump on a bandwagon like that. I think because when I started watching it, I didn't realize how popular it was. I feel like I started watching it just as I was really ramping up, maybe like a day before or something, because I am the same as we've talked about. If, if I feel like something is too popular, I just won't do it. But I really, really liked it. I thought it was a lot of fun. And as a one more music thing, this is more of a question for you, Brian. Yeah. But are you aware of like the little collab album with Corey Wong and Dirty Loops? No, I am not. Came out like last month, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Just thought it'd be of interest to you. Yeah, totally. Oh, I'd love to check this out. Yeah. All right. Awesome. What's popping, Layton? Oh, thank you. Brian and I recorded three minisodes this week where I talked about every single piece of media that I've consumed over the past week. So my boring what's popping is I love Red Letter Media, the YouTube channel. They've been putting out three parts of Rich and Jay ranking every John Carpenter movie. And like every time one of those drops, it's just perfect people talking about movies content. And I've watched every single half in the bag like four times. Just bless them. That's my recommendation. And I feel like it's one of those things that a lot of people would hate but if you're a huge film bro asshole like I am, that's my shit. So that's what's popping. Cool. Literally any Red Letter Media person, come on our show, please. Please. Oh, that'd be rad. I mean, you can't always have the most ideal guest. I get it. 
but I hope you follow through wow. on that one day. <laughs> You've been a perfect guest, man. You really just take what you can get, and I respect that. It's, it's showbiz. You are giving us more shit than almost anyone we've ever had on the show, and I like this dynamic. I think it rules. Yeah. I think we need more guests willing to call out our one very uncool behavior. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just more hostility in the studio in general. I think that's what I thrive in. <laughs> hostile work environments. All right, speaking of hostile work environments, question mark, it's time for our last segment, which is called Peaches and Lemons. And it's three parts gratitude exercise, one part petty grousing, and I am so fucking good at introducing this segment, and the theme song goes right here. That was the theme song. It didn't play. Sorry, let me get this, Layden. Layden does this thing. It's really uncool. She says the theme song goes here, and then she doesn't play the theme song. It happens all the time. Yeah, I didn't hear anything. I know. It's ridiculous. Every week, we have a little debrief after the episode. Oh, does it go in in post? It does, but I keep trying to get her not to do this thing where she says, and the theme song goes here. I think it's really misleading. Anyways, what were you saying, Layden, after you forgot to play the song? Now it's time for each of us to say a thing that's annoying. Okay, you can go first. Somebody else go. I don't remember what my lemon was. Okay, I'll go. I'm going on a trip tomorrow, and today is a fun day, but I feel like there's a lot to do. And it's just on the the side of I have too much to do. Because part of it is I'm traveling to Canada to work with Commander Meowch on the Smooth Jazz album. And it's my first international trip in a couple of years. And there's a lot more bullshit you got to deal with. And so like figuring out all the COVID testing and blah, 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 it's kind of a pain. So it's been a fun, but a little bit hectic day, but this is the best part of it. So I'm having a good time. I remembered mine. Yeah, you go. So it was really windy the other day and a bunch of palm fronds fell on the sidewalk where I normally walk my dog. And so I went and I was like, cool, I'm going to walk through these. And then I got impaled because they were like already dead and dry. And so I was like, oh, surely this is going to be flimsy like a leaf. No. And I hit my leg and it hurt really bad. And then I took another step and I hit my other leg and it hurt really bad. And then I went down the street and I was like, wow, what the fuck? I didn't know a palm tree could fuck me up that bad. When I get back to him, I'm not going to do that again. I get back to the patch. I step in it. I'm like, good thing I didn't kick this again. And then I slipped on a bunch of rocks (laughs) underneath the palm tree and fell over. So (laughs) you actually fell on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Layton. It was really sideshow Bob stepping on rakes. But you didn't get seriously hurt. I had to get 10 stitches. Great. Cool. So my lemon of the week is I've noticed it several times throughout this. There's coffee spilled all over these pajama pants. Mm-hmm. And I forgot that when I put them on this morning. And now since I'm sitting crisscross like a polite little lad, the smell, very strong smell of like an entire coffee is going up my nostrils. And I don't even drink coffee, so this is just present and omnipotent in my room. (laughs) So I'm wearing the coffee pants, and I didn't realize until I sat here, and it was too late at that point. Coffee pants, baby. How often do you wash pajamas? I only wear pajamas once. I really like my space being clean. This is my recording space. does not count. But (laughs) my bedroom and like my laundry cycle and everything like that, like I need everything to be perfectly clean. So you wear them once, and then you Toss them. Yeah. Towels, same. Wow. You know what? I, I do feel like most people use towels too much before washing them and run the risk of like, you know, bacteria and shit 
drawing on them. I think with towels, it's good to err on the side of more frequent washings. I know I could probably be a little more liberal with what I wear, but I I don't know, man. It's just how I am. Mm-hmm. It's better to be that way than to be the way that I am. Which is how? I'm not telling you how long I've been wearing these sweatpants, Brian. Okay. No one needs to know. I'm more like that too. I am definitely like wear them several times kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. I mean, I got coffee on these pajama pants before I wore them. So, you know, I guess I still had to wear them once. Get it out of the way, check it off. Here's the thing about clothes, right? The more you wear them before you wash them, the more comfortable they get, right? It's true. Just buy better clothes. Well, but I feel like that's part of the washing process, like, you know, shrinks them. Yeah, no, 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 totally. Especially like a pair of jeans or something. Like <laughs> you, you got to age your jeans a little bit. That's right. I think clothing feels the best before it's washed. It's so soft. My ideal pair of jeans is one I've been wearing for a week. <laughs> yeah. That's when they start to get really good. Like gotcha. that's when you really got to got to live in them. I'm an avid denim hater, so I will just really? stand on this ground. Uh-huh. I know so many denim haters now. I never thought I would be surrounded by so many denim haters and honestly, they're starting to convert me. What do you wear instead of denim? Like there's so many cooler alternatives such as cool pants than denim. Yeah. What's really cool is, Lane, I'm standing with you on this one, is that like certain types of sweatpants are kind of coming back into fashion and even like high fashion, I feel, if they have like good design on them. Yeah. So I think you can kind of sneak by with a lot of nice looking sweatpants that don't really look like sweatpants, but they yeah. absolutely are sweatpants. Are you talking about like athleisure type wear? Yeah like a juicy or whatever kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I don't want to gloss over you naming juicy as an example of athleisure. Is it not? It can be whatever you want it to be. <laughs> I know this is going to come as a shock to you. I'm not really in the athleisure scene. Yeah. So when I think of someone wearing fancy sweatpants, that's the first thing I think of. Bearing in mind that that brand may not even exist anymore. Look, I'm, not sure. I'm on a pretty passionate podium that I was like, why don't more guys wear yoga pants? I don't get it. Mm-hmm. They're so comfortable. I have a few pairs, and goddamn, are those incredibly comfortable and flattering oh. from every angle. They really are. And also, sweatpants, I actually just got a pair for my Halloween costume that are like stupid, like streetwear joggers with like all the straps on them and pockets and everything. Yeah. I was only going to wear them for a costume. They're like my go to pants now. They look great, and nobody knows their sweats. That's the stuff. What's your costume? I'm just doing Ghostface, but more fuckboy this year. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm doing like sneaker head ghost face, so. Nice. Since I've like bleached my hair, I'm just uh, doing Danny Phantom this year because it feels right. <gasps> That's great. I love that. Thank great. you. It's like a super flattering morph suit, so I'm super hyped for Halloween now. That's awesome. Yeah, and you will grab a particular age bracket of people who are going to be like, Danny Phantom! Then you get to go ghost. Ideal, I suppose. Actually, I don't know how long we have, but I have a whole tangent on how moms love me. You know what? Do it. Yeah, so moms love me. Even just in the wilderness. I, I don't know what it is. <laughs> you got hunting moms? Yeah, yeah, as sport. I was at the gym once. This was pre-COVID. And I was just there with my friends. We were talking. And if you guys are familiar, Twitch streamer Ludwig, mm-hmm. he had a like Twitch Jeopardy in like maybe 2019 and had me on it. And I was ranting to my friend about this bullshit question from Jeopardy 
I was talking about Jeopardy. What was the question? I just completely misinterpreted the question. It was like, this drink was made in what town or something like that. And I was like, oh, the drink they're describing is wine. The answer is wine. But that was the obvious part of the question, actually. And I was incorrect. But I was talking about Jeopardy. And then this absolute MILF comes up to me mm-hmm. and just says, you look familiar. I, I'm sorry for overhearing, but were you on Jeopardy? Because I always watch Jeopardy, and that's where I know you from. Uh-huh. And I sit there, and without thinking twice about it, go, yes. <laughs> and throughout my remainder of the gym, which was probably 30 minutes after that moment, she would continuously come over and talk to me about Jeopardy and things of the such. And this was the weird part. Calls over her, like, 11-year-old son. Mm-hmm. and says, like, tell him, tell him I always watch Jeopardy. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> she does. <laughs> and then she was definitely asking me, like, those questions of, like, do you live around here? I've never seen you here before. Oh, Because I usually come at, like, fucking 3 a.m. Wow. Yeah, so it was full MILF hunter mode there on complete accident. <laughs> but I just think it's really funny that lying about being on game shows will probably score you moms in any zip code. <laughs> Is there a worse question than, do you live around here? Like, oh, that's never a question I want someone to ask me. Like, literally ever. Yeah, because the answer is always no, no matter how true it is. Yep. Yeah, you are forced into a no. Do you come here often? No. No. You're never going to see me again? Yeah. No. My whole thing is like, I have no intention on pursuing anything with anyone ever. I just like knowing that I can. And that's where it stops. (laughs) (laughs) You like knowing that you can and that if you could, it would be a MILF. I'm completely with you. I'm glad. Thank you. All right. Relatedly, no, I feel like I have to say this is (laughs) I misunderstood what a MILF was for a really long time because the first time I ever heard it, I was walking on the beach with a friend of mine and it was like, I'd say a woman in her early to mid twenties. And then her mom who was in her like fifties or something. Nice. (laughs) Very nice. (laughs) This this was a while ago. So I was probably 25 or something at the time. We were walking past these women on the beach and my friend turns to me and says, MILF. (laughs) Just the one word. No sentence. MILF. Okay. And I was like, what? Any gesturing? This is what I'm getting to. And this makes me seem like such an idiot, but I think about this every time someone says MILF. I was like, MILF, I don't know what that is. So this is before MILFness was in the pop culture, okay? For context, this is probably <laughs> the early 2000s-ish. Mm-hmm. So I say, MILF, I don't know what that means. And he goes, oh, mom, I'd like to fuck. <laughs> now, my interpretation of this was, this is something that the daughter, the young woman, was saying to her mom about us, as in mom, comma, I'd like to fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Why would he have an acronym prepared for that moment then? Well, that also was my question. And at the time. It's not M, comma, ilf. Most acronyms don't include the commas. No, okay, no, I'm back. I'm back in it. I'm back in okay. it. And he said that to me and me. Mother. Yes, mother. I, I'm prepared to fornicate. I, I hear mom, I'd like to fuck. 
process it in my brain as mom, comma, I'd like to fuck <laughs> and just continue on with our conversation. Ne- never really pausing to ask why that's a thing that he said. <laughs> But it made sense. Okay, I'm not trying to defend my interpretation, but again, this was not like a child she was with. This was like an adult daughter and her adult mother. You know that thing that daughters and their mothers always like to talk about and talk about so much that they have to have an acronym Okay, for. but by the way, by the way, my brain was like, oh, well, she would never say that to her mom, and that's why it's an acronym. Right? Because she has to kind of hide it because it's not a cool thing to say to your mom. Mom, I'd like to fuck. Right? Is she has to go like in her mind, which I guess she, I thought she was like communicating. This was the point of the acronym is my friend was like communicating telepathically with her. He's like, this is the vibe I'm getting from this young woman. Like, mom, comma, I'd like to fuck. You were doing mental Olympics <laughs> to figure this one out. Now, you have to admit, When I say it out loud, it makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Brian, you have just single-handedly ruined MILF for me. You've strengthened it for me. Thank you. (laughs) The point is there's two acronyms. There's M-I-L-F and M, comma, I-L-F. Yes. One is a noun, one is a request. Thank you. (laughs) Right. That's right. (laughs) Oh, oh, that one hurt me, like, physically. (laughs) Well, imagine my surprise when I found out what it actually meant. Well, thank God you didn't say it to your mother. No, that's true. (laughs) All right, Peaches. My Peaches is learning that story right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'll do mine really fast. Peaches, three good things, blah, blah, blah. First, Peach, I got to talk to Audrey on a mini-sode that may or may not be out by the time that this episode is out. It's really precious. It will have been out, for sure. Hell yeah. Patreon, it's there. It's nice. Let's monetize me having a beautiful interaction with a child that I love. Let's go. Yeah. My favorite part of that interaction was at some point during their conversation, Audrey just starts yelling. <laughs> and I was like, why are you yelling? And she's looking at the audio console and she's like, oh, I'm trying to make it go red. <laughs> she's just going, ah, red. red. <laughs> a singer already. Yeah. yeah. It was great. Anyway. My second one is that now that it's slightly colder out, my dog needs to use me for warmth and is way cuddlier. And instead of it being hot and her like sitting under the AC when I'm in bed, now she's right up on me. I got my own little space heater. Nice. Then my third one, went to a bar I like, had my favorite cocktail, penicillin. It was good. Those are my peaches. Remind me what a penicillin is? It's scotch, lemon, and honey and ginger. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's very refreshing. Great. Those are my peaches. Well, I'm happy to go. Peach number one, there is a new New York-style pizza place that I was made aware of, which is not too far from where I live. And it's called Pizza Wagon of Brooklyn. Are you doxing yourself? (laughs) Well, it's far enough from where I live. So now you're doxing yourself. Yes, So we draw a a circle around this place in LA (laughs) and I live outside that circle far enough. Not so far that it was untenable to get there to try New York style pizza, but far enough that it is not my neighborhood. So somebody go hang out at this place and wait until you see Brian and then be like, hey, do you live around here? Yes, that's right. And I will say no, truthfully. But it's a New York style pizza place, which are hard to get in LA and this place was really fun and the pizza was solid and good New York slice. We got a Sicilian pie, 
You know what that is? It's like thick square pieces. It's great. So I was very excited about that. Peach number two, Audrey and I were playing what she calls bat and ball, which is basically baseball. And I was like, wait, have you ever seen the sport of baseball being played? And she was like, no. So I went on YouTube and I found a Dodgers game from like earlier this year. And we started watching it. There was a Dodgers game last night. I know, but like we don't have the subscription to watch them live or whatever, you know. So I just went on YouTube, searched for the Dodgers, found it because it didn't matter when it was. And imagine you have no idea what baseball is about and you're watching it for the first time. You have so many questions. And it was really fun to try to answer all of her questions, most of which I don't know because I don't know shit about baseball. But trying to explain to her why people were doing what they were doing and what all the numbers are and why that run didn't count even though the guy touched home plate because the guy caught the ball. It's kind of a lot. It made me realize how complicated that game is in a way. There's a lot of rules, like, Mm -hmm. you know, many sports, but it was very fun to watch a baseball game with her. And she was just like into it. I was very excited. Let's all go to a Dodgers game. Yes. I've been thinking about that for a while. I would love to go to a Dodgers game. I think baseball's hilarious. Not as a sport, but as an event, because it's just adverts, and that's hilarious. Yep. It's wild. It is so boring most of the time. People get drunk and pop off for advertising. Like, that's insane. Yeah, it's crazy. I would love to go, but I don't care about watching baseball. I do love going to baseball games. I want to watch Audrey watch baseball. Yes, me too. I feel like a minor league game would really be the way to do it. I've only been to Dodger Stadium once, and it was a lot of fun. (laughs) Forgetting your vaccine? (laughs) Yeah, well, that's right. I guess I've been through the parking lot a few times. (laughs) And my last peach is for this thing I'm doing in Toronto, working on this smooth jazz album with Meowch. Uh, I had to prep a score for the first time in a while. So I spent the morning like getting parts ready and writing out a lead sheet. And so much of what I do is just like, if I'm playing with other people, which I do a lot, it's like, hey, just listen to this and learn it. But this was like, we're probably going to bring in a, flautist for a thing and i'd like had to write out a a melody and the changes i spent a lot of time doing that in college and it was nice to like see i'm writing music because there's the fucking notes so it was a good feeling those are my peaches awesome jacob all right one that mill story brian told that's a genuine peach for me uh number two just milfs around the world they deserve a peach of their own yeah uh, some of them got one in the butt so true. And then number three, speaking of music, I've been working on an album and it's like done and I'm just chilling. And it's nice. crazy that like, Brian, I'm sure you felt this way with music, but it's like when you're a couple months from a release and everything's done, do you just like forget it's not out there because you've heard it so much? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Isn't that happening like right now? <laughs> yes. So that's where I'm at, where I'm like already writing the next album And it's just like, oh, I can't wait to show everyone this. But then the first one's not even out yet. And it's crazy to me. But my excitement for that is like more than any creative project I've ever been a part of. So I think that's a James and the Giant Peach moment for me. Mm. Do you have a release date for it? It would be so wise of me to advertise it right here. Well, you never introduced yourself, so. (laughs) Hi, everyone. My name is Jacob, also known as Alpharet, also known as Ace of Hearts. And... I'm am releasing an album in early December, and that's all I have right now. And Brian's heard some of it. Yes, I love it. It's really good. Wow. 
I really like us shoving the introduction into the plugging slash outro part of the show. I think that's cool. And it's not because we got to this point and said, oh, hey, we forgot to do it. Like, that's what I really like about it is we kind of did it before and we're putting it here as a stylistic choice, not an omission. I didn't feel the need for it earlier. Yeah. Yeah. When the time was right, you brought it up. Mm -hmm. To answer your question about the music, though, or to talk more about that, we are kind of at a schedule with NSP that we finish every album like we finished recording it about a year before the thing comes out and then it's getting mixed and mastered and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we sign CDs. So that takes like the process of finishing an album and then having it like listenable. That's like nine months to a year before the thing comes out. So by the time it finally comes out, it's a bit of an anticlimax, except every time it's like, is anyone going to listen to this and buy it this time? <laughs> So. Yeah, because I think my other thing is like, you look at new stuff you've written and you're just like, I'm a better musician now than when the stuff released is like, oh, I can't wait to have my new expertise, my newfound talent on this. But then it's like, it's such a weird process to constantly up yourself. Yeah, the constantly upping yourself, that's the thing is because I will listen to stuff I've written, you know, even within, you know, a few weeks out of having written it. And I'm like, I like that. How did I do that? I don't remember how I put together things I like in that way. And I'm sure it's the same with art or anything. When you're not in it and when you're a bit outside of it, it seems so complicated because your brain isn't quite in the same place that it always feels impossible to get in that space again until you do it. And you're like, oh, well, I'm back here and now I'm writing something else or whatever. It is very hard for me to believe that I can do a thing as good as the thing I like that I already did. So that feels like the challenge. It's not even one upping necessarily. For me, it's just like, was that a weird fluke? And I just happened to get something I like. You would think if I were a rational person at this point, I've put out like 11 albums or something. I don't even know how many, like a bunch of albums. If I were rational, I'd be like, yes, I can write music. I realize I can, but there's just something about it. I think as an artist, you're not allowed to have that rational thought. I don't think anyone Never. deserves that thought. Yeah. I think complacency kills art, yep. as sad as that might sound. I do agree with that, yeah. Awesome. Well, kids, that's the end of the episode. Where can people find you online? On YouTube as Alpharad, on Twitter as Alpharad, on Spotify, iTunes, etc. as Ace of Hearts. And that's it. Great. Great. Well, thank you so much for being here because this was an absolute joy. Yeah, of course. Can I ask what your favorite part was of my Google searches? Wait, can you read us your Google search? Death of Kaylee Anthony, <laughs> uh, Harlem Globetrotters, Angry Birds Piss Play, B-Movie Milf, Onesler slash Oncest. I got to say, my favorite part was the Onesler stuff because many other things were like, I don't want to say expected because that's definitely not the case, but it seemed maybe less out of left field than erotic Onesler self-paired fan fiction. Yeah. So. All right, folks at home, thank you for joining us on this Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. As always, I uh, hope you're, 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 that you're vibing, that you're flirty, that you're coming. I don't... Outro of the show. End of the episode. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Late Night is produced by Brian Wecht, Leighton Gray, and Jarek Centeno. Follow us on Twitter at Leighton Night, on Instagram at Leighton underscore Night, or email us at LeightonKnight at gmail.com. <laughs>